Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Boo the Boo Commerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by Yoast SEO, where you can unlock some fantastic tools and features for the SEO of your client's Woo shop. And GoDaddy Pro's hub, where you can manage your client's sites with some of the top professional tools in the trade. I will tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as ABBA brings builder stories to life with guests Vashan from Mumbai in India, Maya from Serbia, and Simon from Germany. This lively conversation of Woo's stories revolves around translations, word camps, meetups, and a lot more. Welcome to another episode of Do the Woo Builder Stories. I'm your host for today, Abba Takor, and in the studio we have Maya Lanka, who is joining us from, from Serbia, Vachan Kudmule, who is joining us from Mumbai in India, and Simon Croft, who is joining us today from Germany. So a really lovely, diverse mix that we have in the studio with us. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us today for this special episode that is connected to the idea of bringing WooCommerce and WordPress direct to people at their at their local places and in their own local languages. And if you didn't know that that could be done, stay tuned. We're going to have plenty more information about that for you. Now, first of all, my first question has to go to Vachan. Vachan, as you know, this series is all about the stories of Woo Builders. And the more unusual the developer story, the more intriguing it is. And we just have to start with with you because you um you didn't actually start out to be a developer. In fact, building websites wasn't something even on your plan. The idea originally was to build houses. So tell us a little bit about how you get from working on a course towards architecture <laughs> to ending up being a WooCommerce enthusiast. So good time, everyone. So uh, the whole journey was uh, quite, uh, you know, unplanned in that manner. So in uh, roughly around uh, my academic years in my high school, I had decided that I want to be an architect. And when I say an architect, uh, I mean the physical uh, infrastructure, like in the sense, a, a physical building architecture, you know, not not our uh, digital architecture of uh, infrastructure, but uh, brick and mortar buildings. That is what we designed. And I had decided this earlier in my young ages, in my high school, that I want to do that. Uh, but in like rough, that's uh, in roughly when it came around uh, 2001, when the new millennium started, uh, I got intrigued with the internet. And when I started exploring the internet, it kind of took me by craze. And that's when I started exploring what I can do more with the internet because I have always been passionate about two things. Uh, one is creativity and the other is technology. And the combination of the two is what has always been my, you know, point of uh, interest which kind of an architecture which is the designing architecture in the sense of the physical architecture design that also is a combination of creativity as well as technology 
uh, technology in construction versus the creativity in the design of the buildings or design of these spaces. And uh, <clears throat> as while exploring internet, I realized that the web space is also a combination because even if it sounds technical, it is incomplete without a creative input. And that's when I realized that, you know, this is also something that is equally interesting for me to kind of explore. <laughs> and slowly, slowly, I, along with my academic studies of architecture, I realized that building websites is something that I equally enjoy. And eventually, after two decades, I'm 100% focused on only building websites and building web applications. And that's the whole way I kind of balanced my architecture and uh, building as a developer. Thank you for sharing that. But of course, there were some benefits of going to um, architectural school because you also met your partner there. And of course, if anyone thought, you know, I love this idea of sharing offices. And um, I hear that, um, Vachan, you share an architecture come web design and commerce office all in one. Correct. So we have an open plan. So being uh, coming, having the background of uh, designing and architecture. Uh, so our office is actually an open floor plan uh, wherein uh, we kind of have a community table inside our office. So there are no cubicles, there are no uh, uh, office spaces uh, or, uh, you know, uh, cabins. It's purely open. And one side we have a technical team sitting and the other side is a, a creative, like a design team sitting, which is doing architecture design. So uh, in my architecture journey, academic journey, as uh, Abha said, I met my partner. And uh, uh, so when we started our practice, we started in the same office space. So even if the office space is same, the work that we do is very different. Uh, one team does uh, architecture building and the other team does website building. But still, yeah, we build things. Well, it just shows that um, creativity comes in all sorts of forms. and. Thank you, Vajan, for sharing that story. And if you think that that was the most unusual journey you've heard, you've got to hear the next one. We now go to Simon. Simon, I hear that um, development, I, I don't even know how you make this jump, but Simon made the jump from botany. Yes, you heard that right. Botany to web development. Simon, you have to fill us in. How did that happen? I actually don't know. Um, I started with WordPress almost 15 years ago, and somewhere along the way, I decided to study biology, which seemed to be a logical step to me back in the day. But then I specialized in, in, in botany, as you said, and um, I don't know. It, it In some places, it actually makes sense to to take a look at nature and what nature can do and apply that to development, but that's very rare. So that was not planned <laughs> and definitely not a career path I would necessarily recommend. Unless, of course, somebody can make that connection. And um, yeah. and you never know, you know, because we will be hearing a little bit more about the environment So um, from Simon. And that connection hasn't been wasted, has it, Simon? Indeed, yeah. Now we go to, to Maya and... Maya, it never ceases to surprise me what you have done in your in your career and um, where you travel to. But I was intrigued to find out that 
discovering WooCommerce was actually through currency. Now, how do you discover WooCommerce through learning about currency? Well, hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today with you and share my experience. Yeah, so basically, like in 2000, um, and, um, um, in 2011, first time I heard about WordPress. And I, at that time, I was working as a part of a holding company where they wanted to unify communications with different divisions and subjects. And I wasn't really aware of it, but I know there was a, a, a fantastic developer who was telling me, this is the future of WordPress. And at that moment, I really did not understand. Uh, I really did not understand what that meant. But then again, in 2018, when uh, my brother started an online business uh, called uh, Tipka Shop, he actually was looking for a referral for the what's the best way to start you know like uh, what type of um, what type of um, of a shop you you organize so basically we were advised to do with woocommerce so we went with woocommerce unknowingly what will happen and now this is the business that we have this is our own kind of business school so woocommerce is empowering my life which is which is lovely to hear and of course you first discovered um, WordPress through cars, which I always think is a lovely, lovely way to discover it. Can you tell us a little bit more about how how WordPress came into your life? Uh, well, when it comes to cars, at that moment, first, since 2011, I was marketing manager for Mitsubishi. And we had to like uh, showcase our vehicles in the best possible way online. And still in 2011, we didn't have too many of choices. But then this uh, amazing person, Ayman, came with his proposal saying, like, let's try WordPress and let's try how we can actually check it out with WooCommerce and organize it. And we were all like looking at him and like, man, seriously, is this what we're supposed to do? So it really opened. I mean, it, it, at that moment, it was really creative tool, you know, and for marketeers, we always try to find creative tools. So WooCommerce really gave that push at that moment, at that level, needed. So. It was awesome. It's very awesome. Thank you, Maya, for sharing that. Uh, I'm going to just jump over to 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 Simon because he looks too comfortable in this podcast. So we know we have to we have to put him on the spot. So um, no, and I and I say that I will say that with affection, um, especially as I've just had to translate the um, the German blog he did without realizing there was a wonderful English translation. But it's all good because it's all about practicing your skills. So if you're thinking, what has translation got to do with WordPress and WooCommerce? Well, I think Simon's just the person to tell us why it's so important to be translating WooCommerce as a plugin into your local language. Over to you, Simon. Well, I think with with WooCommerce, it's it's similar to WordPress and the WordPress plugins themselves. Is people often find their way around English strings because English is the default in WooCommerce and many other plugins. Um, but especially in cases like e-commerce, it's very very important uh, to have that in your local language so you can understand what you're doing and find your way around a shop or a website. Um, and Luckily, with WordPress, um, we have a big community of um, of volunteers pledging their time to translating enormous numbers of of text to their local languages. 
which is really great. Simon, you've been involved with meetups as well that are and encouraging people to translate locally if they've not tried it before. What made you decide to to start actually translating the WooCommerce one? Because that's quite different from from translating core releases or some other particular aspect. For the German community, why is it important for WooCommerce to be available in German too? Oh, I think in, in Germany especially, we we are a bit picky with having strange uh, strange language strings in our websites and, and WooCommerce shops are no exception to that. And I think I started translating WooCommerce, I don't know how many years ago, when I actually saw a wrong or misleading translation, something that was maybe translated uh, with some automated software like Google Translate or something, um, but not was not precisely on point in German. Uh, and I was like, hmm, we can do better than that and head it over to, to the translate side and try to fix it and not break stuff on my way there. Thank you, Simon. I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think if you do see something on a WordPress or on the WooCommerce plugin in a translation, and you think actually that's not quite how we would say it in my local language, it's a great place to start, especially as this month in September, we are celebrating with the United Nations on the International Day of Translation, which falls on the 30th of September. And our challenge from Do The Woo to any Woo developers or, or listeners out there is why not have a go and translate the WooCommerce plugin for this month? have a go, get started. There are going to be some events that are also happening as part of WordPress Translation Day, which is scheduled for the 28th of September. So have a go, make it this year that you start. And on that note, I'm going to go over to Vachan because Vachan's been a plugin translation editor for WooCommerce for a few years. Vachan, can you just talk people through how they get started? What do they need to do to be able to start translating the WooCommerce plugin? WordPress Polygon team is something which is always who are very uh, interested in kind of uh, helping out the community. Uh, so being a project translator, uh, the simplest way to do this is just go on the WordPress official website, which is the translate.wordpress.org. Okay. So once you go, once you go there, uh, you'll get all the, uh, you know, the entire set of all your, uh, the core, the themes, the plugins, everything is uh, simply listed out there in, in the language. Uh, so you have to select a language which you want to translate. Okay. Once you select the language, then you can just select which project you want to work on. So you can just search for WooCommerce in that. And once you select WooCommerce, it will give you a complete front-end uh, system wherein you can just see what has been translated and what needs uh, what is pending so generally the two primary uh, places where you can help in the uh, uh, contribute in the translation is one is the stable version which is actually live and people are using it and then there's a trunk which is the future release the immediate future release so both are equally important because the current version also helps uh, whoever is already installed and working on that that also gets updated whenever the user updates their website 
and a trunk is for the future release so whatever translations will happen and when the new release comes out it will be pre-translated it will be ready in the language that you've done the translation in so uh, working on these both uh, is a very good idea uh, and it's about your fluency about your uh, you know how you feel comfortable taking up any language if you feel you're confident enough to take any language you can explore it see what words are uh, what, which phrases are uh, requiring any translation and you can just suggest that translation and it's as simple as just filling up that simple clicking on the word clicking on that phrase and just in, inputting your uh, translated uh, reply that's it so you don't need to have necessarily experience of being a WooCommerce developer to translate the WooCommerce plugin, would you say, Simon and Vachan? Correct. You uh, you just need to understand. Uh, if you've used WooCommerce, it will help you because you'll understand where that phrase is being used. Uh, because, you know, and, and in some languages, what happens is a same word could mean differently if it is being used, uh, let's say, in a different context. So just being aware of the context is a good thing, but you don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to be an expert in development. You don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, there's nothing like any coding language is required. It's just purely language. You should know the language and uh, it just is a benefit if you know the context where that phrase is going to get used in the software. That's it. Uh, but it's not a compulsion because there's always a reference given in the guide itself. So really, our challenge is not just to WooCommerce developers, but it's to anybody who wants to have a go at translation and can help with the WooCommerce plugin. Have a go. Take the inspiration of these people and please have a go. I'm just going to go to Maya and then bring Simon in as well, because Maya, you've been raising how sometimes there's not an equivalent word that can be translated. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that works with WooCommerce? Well, not only with WordCommerce, I mean, with, uh, uh, with all the plugins there, we can actually contribute to or speaking out uh, specifically about WooCommerce. Uh, it's, uh, for instance, where we translate a certain term like tab or field or something, you know, uh, we translate it to and you deposit this word in the glossary. But then nothing further than the glossary, because then, for instance, let's say if the tab is being translated into my language, like a short tab, let's call it like this. Uh, if you go and Google short tab, I mean, you will not find anything actually that explains how to solve your problem. So it would be great, you know, if we can, uh, besides glossary, if there would be additional support like articles, you know explaining or I don't know making the glossary a bit more so I think one of the one of the phrases that we had in, in researching for this episode today was people said that um, words like carousel there was no equivalent word in lots of languages Simon have you found this as well when you're translating into German um, there are cases where stuff like that happens but I think in German it's not so bad because German and English are quite close to, to a certain degree. Um, so in many cases, we have words. Our main issue with German is that our German words are very long in many cases <laughs> um, because in German, it's it's grammatically sane to just chain words and have like Donaudampfschifffahrtsgesellschaftsmützenfabrikant. That's a valid word. Um, 
And so in many, many cases, it's actually an issue to find a translation that fits the context. So for example, you have a button somewhere and the button cannot be like huge. So you have to find a fitting word still meeting the uh, the context. So that's hard sometimes. So Simon, are you going to tell us what that German word actually means? Oh, um, no. <laughs> it's about a hat for a sea captain. So <laughs> Okay. So I, I knew you'd get the word hat in somewhere. So, so but but I think it is about um translating for sense. And everybody who's on the show today has been involved in previous WordPress translation days. They have helped mentor new translators. And I think sometimes it can be hard if you think you've just got to translate word for word. You also need to make sure that the translation makes sense. It makes sense in your own language. It doesn't create a very complicated instruction that therefore they would not understand because the grammar in the original is very different to the way you are translating it. So I think also um, the the sense of of translation is there's a difference between that and localization. So, Simon, would you want to just expand a little to help our listeners understand how localizing content, and particularly for e-commerce, can actually be really valuable? Oh, the first example that came to my head was another one. For uh, the e-commerce uh, sense, I would say uh, translating stuff with the uh, localizing stuff with a fitting currency, for example, would make sense if we have... In WooCommerce, which is America-focused, let's say, in many cases, um, we have examples in US dollars and stuff like that, which is perfectly fine. Um, but if we translate it for, for the German or European market, then we would replace those examples with euros or pound or whatever. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. It's really simple. When it comes to your WooCommerce clients or yourself, SEO is one of the strategic points in helping to increase visibility in search results. And what better way to understand those strategic skills than taking the e-commerce SEO training from Yoast. Whether it's for your clients or your own shop, you start with defining your mission statement using structured data so your products will stand out. The course is not full of fluff or unreachable expectations. It gives you actionable steps along the way. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, check out Yoast.com and search for their e-commerce SEO training. Staying on top of things? What about managing all those client projects in one place? The GoDaddy Pro Hub does just that, and it's free. From a single dashboard, you will have control over your client sites, products, and projects in one seamless experience. Save time on repetitive site maintenance tasks. Access all your client accounts with a single sign-on. And use tools that improve client collaboration. And top that off with priority support, and it's the all-in-one hub. Learn all about it by simply going to dothewoo.io slash hub. 
Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. If you read things in your own language, in your own native language, does that encourage you then to use that software? I mean, if we talk about Apple, no. <laughs> Regardless of how much I feel I, I, I speak better and I understand better in my own language, I mean, something that I've learned, which is like setting, setting up an Apple phone in my own language, I wouldn't be able to understand a single function, all right? But when it comes to understanding and usage of new tools are known, I'm sure I would, I would prefer to learn it in my own language. Do you think the speed of which we learn something and we understand it and therefore can use it to expand our businesses is greater if we feel that it's our, a language that we have more proficiency in? I mean, yeah, you speak several languages yourself, so, so you know sometimes even when you're the when it's really when you're tired, right? You still think and you're still able to think in your native language and this is where you find concept without any I think that I understand information better in my own language. If I if I'm learning it from the beginning. I don't know about time and all that channel. It it simply reduces cognitive load, I think, is is the phrase for that. Um it's way easier. Don't you don't have to have fight like an uphill battle to to pass and and get the information that's a really good point and and Bastian, i can see you wanting to come in there yeah so the thing is it also makes a difference because uh like let's if we take the example of india specifically one country we have multiple languages you know uh like we don't have like one specific language which represents the uh mass of the com- country but we have multiple local languages every within india there are regions which have different dialects we have different uh languages altogether like for example i personally know four or five languages uh although i'm a pt only for one but i know languages uh, multiple languages within india so when the content like a software is uh you know if it's available uh in a local language it just is more asso- like the users can associate easily and uh, especially uh, if it is in your own language what happens is you can explore the product more uh, there would be a limitation and especially if you're if, if, if english is not your first language which is the case in and uh, in, you know in many of the countries english is not the first language so having a, a translator or a localized uh, version of the software will enhance the user's experience to even work on the software. So maybe they will create more, uh, you know, there'll be more productivity. Plus, uh, if there was any hesitance uh, in, like, let's say, taking the example of WooCommerce eShop. So instead of someone trying to, you know, uh, go and find a, like a implementer or a creator, uh, rather commissioning any project, they would, try to explore and do it themselves because it would be in their native or local language. So that would, uh, you know, enhance the whole experience in building your own and managing your own software. It's a it's a really great incentive. And I think anyone who's listening to this who thinks, actually, I would love to have this available in my own language. I think it would increase the amount of people using WooCommerce and, and WordPress locally. Just play back this, this podcast convince your local meetup 
let's start translating, particularly WooCommerce. Let's make that available to other countries, other cultures, and really do that bit of democratizing the the internet and e-commerce. Thank you for everyone for, for those thoughts. I'm going to now just move us on to looking at the WooCommerce meetups and how they've played a, a role in your in all of your three journeys. Simon, I'm going to come to you first because not only were you organizing the first ever WooCommerce meetup in Germany back in 2017, but this week you are co-organizing a very new WooCommerce meetup. So tell us a little bit more and let us send a full congratulations to the local community there that are going to be launching this new WooCommerce meetup. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I started back in, I think it was 2016, actually, the first uh, the first meetup in Frankfurt back in the day. Um, I moved away from Frankfurt, so that was short-lived, unfortunately. But now we, we try to bring some breathe some new life into the German WooCommerce community because I think that's the case all over the world that um, COVID really um, hit the community, especially in meetups, quite hard. And I don't even know when the last uh, in-person meetup, in, uh, in-person WooCommerce meetup in Germany um, met. So um, we try to reignite the torch here and uh, start with our very first uh, WooCommerce meetup Karlsruhe, which to a certain degree with respect to, to the uh, COVID situation will be a hybrid meetup. So we'll have an in-person component. We'll have people in, uh, in the building and we'll interact with each other within the same room. I know it's a crazy concept. But we'll also have a live stream of the talk and of discussion afterwards. Uh, so we try to bring the greater German community in, into that um, and try to make some connections. What we also try to do is have um, two talks uh, per meetup. Uh, one will be a more um, basic thing with like a series of talks starting with how to install WooCommerce until uh, we have like a proper shop for for people to get started. Um, and the second one will be a bit more advanced, showing projects, discussing advanced plugins um, or solutions for certain problems. So I'm really excited to, to get that off the ground. No, it's it's, a, it's brilliant when we hear about new WooCommerce meetups. And if you're listening to this and you've just started a WooCommerce meetup, particularly in out, outside the US, and then let us know because we want to hear about the Woo Builder stories and how you are setting up WooCommerce meetups and, and helping other people. I'm sure at Simon's meetup, there will be talk of translating WooCommerce plugin as well. And you'll be glad to know, Simon, that I've been talking to Bachan, who, who one of the languages that he has been learning um, is actually German. So I have challenged him to to relearn his German and and come and come and listen to one of the WooCommerce 
German meetup. So don't be surprised if you have a, a follower from India at one of the future events. We'll book him for a talk in like February or something. So he has a, a bit of time to to get on uh, get up to speed. And 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 Vachan, if you want some encouragement to get Simon to learn one of your various languages, I've got to mention these because these are amazing. He has professional working languages: English, Hindi, Canada, Marathi, and a limited working proficiency. He says in Gujarati as well as element, elementary in German. So so Vachan, uh, if we ever needed an advocate for you know, learning languages, I think we've got it with with you. So we can we can challenge Simon to maybe pick one of those other languages and and learn a few phrases from you too, and maybe he can come and talk to your WooCommerce meetup as well because it's all about that idea of exchanging information, which brings me neatly onto Maya. So every year when we have WordPress Translation Day, the person that you see coming up everywhere and encouraging people in all different parts of Europe and Asia. And is is Maya? I think I've seen her um, as one of the organisers for the Translation Day in previous years. I've seen her pop up in the in the Slack channels in different countries, and I'm sat there trying to desperately hang on to following the Italian or the Spanish. And Maya swoops in, shares everything, and goes on to the next one. It's like I wish I could do that, but it is important, isn't it, Maya, to be able to communicate with people where they are and in their in their languages as much as possible what drives you to to share the the lovely different languages that wordpress is available in and to promote the translation of wordpress and woocommerce why is that so special to you and why does it give you so much energy Well, I think it's just this, when you understand a business or an industry, and when you find this ethical base that it's based on, and open source uh, and communities being there for each other, I mean, and then you see that you can do such a small thing, right? And this could actually change someone's life. It could could do miracles. I mean, it cannot do miracles, right? But... But at some certain point, it would really make you, it would really be useful to someone who's starting or who's looking for the same information. Because I remember, for instance, there was an issue with uh, WooCommerce with currencies where we couldn't have the, our currency in a Cyrillic letter, but it was only in Latinic letters. So we had to find somebody who write, to write the script to check that and, you know, improve it for our own things. So something like that. And then I understood how that just this small thing could have helped my brother like a month. It saves him time of working on this and trying to address it, you know, with the, the local language requirements and stuff like that. So, I mean, when you see that, so it, then I, I understood that I could give my contribution. And then I started to, to contribute as well when I have time to uh, contribute to translating WooCommerce. I cannot translate every string. I don't understand everything. As Vachan said, you need to have some context around when you're translating things. And then we have cases as well. So it's a grammatical thing as well. So I, I don't. I cannot uh, translate each string, but each string I can translate outside to translate. So uh, this is how I think, uh, so I, this is how I think I'm going to change someone's life to a better thing, right? 
It, it's it's a lovely description, Maya. And I know one of the things that um, you're very good at is if you don't know something, you'll know somebody who can. And that's the joy of the WordPress and the WooCommerce communities. Um, but of course, the joy of WordPress and WooCommerce is that you get to learn about all sorts of things. And as Maya said, you get to improve the life of other people and our world, which brings me very nicely on to Simon, who's now laughing because he knows I'm going to come to him next. So Simon, one of the things that you and I have collaborated on for, for quite a few years now is about sustainability. And sustainability applies to WooCommerce websites as well. Can you just share a, a little bit about how and and what people should be thinking about when they're setting up a WooCommerce store and in terms of environmental sustainability? That's very difficult to answer in a concise way. So I'll, I'll do my best. But it's okay. We're going to get you back to do more on it. But just give people a taster for now. Um, on the one hand, there's the basic stuff that you have to take, a, you should take a look at with any website, which is um, have it as lean and efficient as possible. Don't load like too many assets uh, that have to take up bandwidth and computing power and in the end energy. So that's the basics. I'll skip those because uh, that's boring. If you take a look at WooCommerce and e-commerce in specific, then you, um, let's say you sell um, physical products and you have to ship them. Um, Shipping would be the first thing coming to my mind uh, with regards to, is that something you can, let's say, pick a more sustainable option for? If you have like short distance shipping, does it maybe make sense to use like a bike courier service? My local bookshop, for example, has someone driving around on a bicycle every day, um, handing out books to, to local people or find a way of transportation that's um, more eco-friendly because it maybe uses e-vehicles or something in, in that regard. Also, if you think more to the content side, then maybe optimizing product descriptions in a way that you cut on um, refunds and uh, sending stuff back to the seller makes a lot of sense and cuts emissions and also costs for you as as the owner of the shop so there's like as i said it's it's hard to get that in a short answer but there's lots lots of things to do there's lots to do and i know simon um we've talked about doing a little bit of a resource list that we can have on do the woo to help woocommerce um builders and devs think about this sustainability so do Check in on Do The Woo website because we will be bringing that to you as well. But also one of the reasons that we highlight sustainability in today's podcast is and linking it with Translation Day is because it's not necessarily the same access to bandwidth in different countries. And as Simon said, if you can reduce the amount of bandwidth, the number of clicks, the number of downloads that a page has to have in your WooCommerce store, it not only helps you reach other markets and different countries that may have data restrictions, that may have short speeds, that may have all sorts of access issues, 
but it also helps protect the environment and reduce the cost of your shop on the on the environment. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring it in today, and and there will definitely be more on that because we've got a got some other developers who are going to join us later in the year to share their story, who also are a bit of bit of an eco warriors. So we'll have Simon back for that episode where we'll we'll talk a bit more about that. It has been absolutely lovely talking to you all. And and anybody who's thinking, hey, why don't we have e-commerce WordCamps? Simon and I were talking about that in preparation for this event today. And we then noticed on the WordCamp list, there is WordCamp for e-commerce in Madrid coming up. So maybe, Simon, do you think this could be a start of future e-commerce focused word camps i think that would be an interesting an interesting approach to the idea because if you take a look at the broader wordpress ecosystem meetups are some kind of the root of the local communities and word camps are the next uh next layer on top of that and where you can find new people to talk to to network with to work with at um at meetups WordCamps are a great, great way to access way, way more information, meet way more people. And having that for WooCommerce in specific would be a very interesting idea. I'd love that. Well, we shall see what happens with that. We'll be following the development very closely from Do The Woo. And if you're involved with this and if you have a Woo Builder story that is related, then you know what to do. You need to reply to our call outs for people and find out you know how you can get involved because we we always want to hear interesting woo stories we know that um Vachan, you're part of the wordcamp asia team and we are going to be very excited about hearing about how wordcamp asia develops and what happens in terms of the world of woo so i hope you will let us know what is happening and we can keep a close eye on 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 developments for that so good luck with that uh, do you want to give a call out for the dates for WordCamp Asia so the WordCamp Asia is happening in uh, Bangkok it's happening in the uh, month of uh, February from 17 to the 19th in 2023 and uh, the registrations uh, are right now we've uh, released two batches a third batch may be released in the early October which uh, will be the last chance to kind of get the WordCamp Asia tickets because uh, it's it's the regional WordCamp. It's been waiting from a long time to kind of people are eager. So whenever the uh, release date is uh, mentioned, it will be mentioned on the uh, all the social channels. Stay tuned for that. Thank you, Bachan. And anybody who'll, who wonders how I get all these WordCamps that he's been involved with mixed up, I have a whole page here of... If it's happened in India or Asia, then Vachan has been involved. So looking through this, so take his inspiration. If you have never been involved with WordPress and WooCommerce, follow the example of these wonderful panelists that we have today and, and take that first step. So we've got so much that's coming up. We have International Translation Day on the 30th of September. It's the same every year. So even if you're listening to this in future years, get translating. 
Let's get WooCommerce available in so many different languages. And of course, if you're translating, then we want to know about it. So let us know on the Do The Woo social. Send us a picture. Tell us what you're translating. Tell us how much you enjoy using WooCommerce. And more more importantly, stay tuned and keep your favorite podcast as Do The Woo. Thank you, everybody. You can, you can find out more about our lovely panelists on the webpage. And we look forward to hearing more stories next month. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give another shout out to our two pod friends to ensure both you and your clients stand out and compete in the search results. Yoast SEO has you covered at Yoast.com. And GoDaddy Pro Hub, the perfect place to manage all your client sites with the resources and tools to help you make the most out of your time with client projects at hub.godaddy.com. Keep in touch, spread the word, and until next time, keep on doing the woo.